Welcome, Welcome back, back to Let's Get Haunted with your host, Nat Strong and Allie Terry. Guys, there's woo, not going to be woo. an episode this week. We're canceling the show. If you hear this, we have now astrally projected ourselves into your mind. You think you're listening to a podcast? It's just us haunting you. We are back for Listener Haunted Tales number three. You guys are haunted. And you write in sometimes. So what we are going to be doing today is reading off your emails. These emails we have never read before. And so when I print these, I just fucking print them. So some of the stuff you might be reading could be garbage, Natalia, and Mm. we might have to cut it out. Some stuff could be so haunted that we cry. This is what you guys wanted to hear. This is what you guys signed (laughs) up for. Welcome. Welcome, you guys. And thank you for writing into us. As always, if we don't read your email today, it could mean one of two things. Either one, we haven't gotten to it yet, which is the most likely, or two, we already read it on listener episode number one or listener episode number two. So go back and re-listen to those if you don't hear yours on this episode or wait till 2020 because we do have maybe like 20 emails still in the Gmail account that I haven't even opened yet. So Natalia, it's officially December. Do you have any haunted personal stories you'd like to share this week? I honestly just forgot about this because this types of things happen all the time in my house. I don't know if you saw recently on my Instagram story, there was like raining in LA and then it was like literally flooding my house. Like I had to put all these like buckets and stuff, whatever. Okay. It was this whole thing. So I come home, I had gone for the weekend away from my house, brought my dog with me too. So I'd like left my house like alone come back i it's like late it's a sunday night i'm getting ready to start you know work the next day or whatever i'm just trying to like organize things because you know when you go on like a little weekend trip you kind of just like tear apart your house and yeah, just yeah. leave it all and you're like fuck it i'll deal with it like, it's bye. i do that when i'm packing a suitcase i just fucking throw everything on the ground and then put the stuff in the suitcase that i'm going to bring but don't clean up anything i throw on right because the there's no time yeah there's no time so i'm going over to my kitchen i i like finished like putting all the shit away like putting dirty clothes up like finished all of my chores whatever cleaned everything fed the dog everything's watered everything's good ready to go starving go over i start making like uh dinner or whatever and then i go to pour the pan into a plate and there is a cockroach about two inches long like this is a i fucking hate full ass cockroach and he's in the sink and i get scared and i like just drop like everything that i'm working on i'm like ah and i run and i go get the raid which is like this like insecticide thing and in a rage i just like spray it and it dies and i like can't even look at it and then i just start crying because i'm just so sad because i'm like i just killed this thing that wasn't doing anything wrong it lives in the city and i was gone i wasn't even here and it probably like came into the house and wasn't scared away because it knew no one was here and like wanted some water or something and then got stuck in the sink and didn't know how to crawl back out because it's like little legs can't stick to the side and then i just gave it like the most painful death you could possibly have of like just being burning alive from the inside out and i was just really sad and i was like fuck i don't want to be this person that has to take away other things lives And I remember when I was in Thailand, we were, when I was getting my scuba certification, we were staying in these like little huts on the beach and they had these big rafters above our heads. And there was like this giant tarantula. One of the people that was in our room next to us called the front desk or whatever and was like, hey, there's this giant tarantula. It's like right above our heads, right? Mm -hmm. And this little boy comes in and he gets up on top of a ladder, like very gently, like walks up to the ladder, gets a shoebox out puts the tarantula in a shoebox, mm-hmm. comes down out of the house, 
walks out into the forest and then like takes the lid off of the shoe the shoe box and lets the little tarantula go and i I was just like man i want to be like that fuck i do think there's a difference between like insects that are important to the ecosystem versus a cockroach though like because cockroaches the saying of like the only thing that would survive a nuclear war are cockroaches is a hundred percent valid like yeah that and so i think that there's so many of them that i think you're fine for killing it like i understand because you love animals and stuff so i could see that being difficult but i mean it had to be done but i was like yeah. man if i was a stronger man i could have just taken a cup and put it over and put it, it and Ugh. then like got a card underneath it and then like taken it and put it outside yeah. you know why like why did i have to inflict this horrible pain on this thing it's, it's just like this horrible thing of like i don't want to be the taker of lives but, i don't want yeah. to take those souls for my own Alyssa. but sometimes like liam neeson we must take <laughs> souls for the greater good that's true i should be more like liam neeson well wow, i find that really fucking inspiring actually right now like just to liam neeson the shit out of my life yeah <laughs> no like that whatever the fuck you just said burned like into my brain <laughs> like just the same way that like I don't know. We get haunted. We're going to fucking get Liam Neeson. Yeah, that should be the opposite of getting haunted is getting Liam Neeson. Or we should Liam Neeson the shit out of the hauntings. That's what I mean. Yeah. Liam Neeson is just like getting fucking tough. Like you don't let bad shit get you down. You get a map out. You get a Sharpie. You attach a string (laughs) to that Sharpie. You draw a radius. Wait, is this just Nicolas Cage finding the map on the back of the Declaration of Independence? No, this is is Liam Neeson. You can also Nicolas Cage. So Liam Neeson is like you're (laughs) in a position without power where you take whatever facts you have and you find a way to get your goal even though the odds are stacked against you we're getting nicholas caged is where you are in a position of power and you just go fucking ham right i can't have we never talked about nicholas cage on this podcast that's because, a fucking haunted individual yes i love that compilation on youtube of yes. just nicholas cage going Losing batshit shit. crazy for 12 Everyone, minutes straight or whatever youtube this is this is probably one of the only youtube videos that i can watch over and over and over we will definitely Definitely put it on the Instagram. <laughs> and it is a cinemagraphic treasure. He's just an, an, a treasure. Also, that cough that I just did reminded me of the only thing haunting me as of late, which is that I have laryngitis. And laryngitis is not from, well, it can be from a bacterial infection. Mine is not. Mine is just because I got a little bit sick. I had like the common cold. And so my, you know, I had a lot of mucus. My throat was sore. And then rather than rest, which is what I normally do because I fucking hate being sick, I decided that I was going to go out several nights in a row drinking after work. And alcohol is the worst thing you can do for sore vocal cords. I did not I know this. It, I thought it was better because no. it kills all the germs. Apparently, that's not true. And then... Um, what else have I been told I that's know. not true? And then the other thing I did was I was taking decongestants because I had mucus left over from my, the common cold that I had. And apparently, that is also the one of the most terrible things you can do for laryngitis because it dries out your vocal cords and your vocal box. Mm, and then true. I'm like yelling because I'm in bars or in clubs and it's like the music's kind of loud. And so one, I was yelling, two, I was still getting over a cold, three, I was taking decongestants, four, I was drinking. And so now I just like have, if I talk too much as I am right now, I'm sure later today, my voice is just going to be gone again. I literally did not have a voice at work for several weeks. And I was walking around with a whiteboard and I was just writing things on the whiteboard. And I had to like show people what I was trying to say to them at work because I, I lost my voice just several days in a row. Did you fire someone and you just wrote out on a little whiteboard? No, like, thank God. You're that would fired. be so awkward. 
No, I had to discipline somebody, but it was before I lost my voice completely. So I was on decongestants and I just had like a deep voice, which is fine. Whatever. Listening back to this podcast, I never realized how deep our voices are for women. And then now I listen back to the podcast and I'm like, oh. Yes, Alyssa, that's right. My voice is deep for women. I <laughs> reserve this right to keep us on the deep side of the spectrum. Yes. I, you know, obviously we could talk up here if we wanted to. Oh my God. I see it, but I can't go there right now because of my laryngitis. Normally I can go pretty fucking high. Well, but right let's now see I how can't. I can go be like, I'm going to Paris this summer. <laughs> That's like a voice from Ratatouille of okay. like a little rodent. <laughs> oh my God. I'm going to Paris this summer with all my friends and I'm like so excited. Does that sound like a girl? I don't know what that sounds like. <laughs> I think it so. <laughs> sounds like a trickster. It sounds like it sounds like a little anime character. Okay. Well, that's a girl. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's yeah. like the ultimate girl. Or like a little like anime like um, bear or something. I'm trying to think like what do girls say? Like, can you pass the milk? I can normally I can do a really good high pitch sorority girl voice because I do turn it on sometimes when it's to my benefit. Mm. But right now with I can't. I have a sore throat because I'm just sick, which is bullshit. There's little companies that do these things. And one of them is Codex. What's the tampon company? Kotex. One of them is Kotex. They put little (laughs) motivational quotes on their tampons. And Halls also puts little motivational quotes. Oh, I didn't know Halls does. Yes, they do. And I will read to you now. My cough drop fortune. fortune. <laughs> it says it's yours for the taking, which is actually I think they just mean like do a good job. I think they just today. mean like get motivated for yeah. Christmas, <laughs> Christmas time. or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or winter solstice or whatever you celebrate or don't celebrate. But you have to celebrate something. If you don't celebrate anything, why? Yeah, celebrate the birth of a demon, but celebrate something. Well, you guys, this is your episode. This is the episode where we read your haunted listener emails. Natalia, would you want to kick us off? Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> I'm chewing on this. Oh, I'll start. I'll start. Okay. No, no, no. I want to start. Oh, it's too late. Sorry, you were chewing. Wait, wait. Hello, Allie and Nat. I love the podcast and think you ladies are doing a wonderful job. I'm a general skeptic, but I've never been one to shy away from looking at both sides of an argument. Hell yeah. In episode 16, you mentioned a comment about God using necromancy. While it seems similar, the act of... Oh, I can tell I'm not going to like this. (laughs) Is this someone fact-checking us? Perhaps. While it seems similar, the act of resurrection, which happens to Jesus, is not the same as practice of necromancy. There is a distinct difference between necromancy and resurrections, that relates to the results of the act. Necromancy is the conjuration of a spirit, like with a Ouija board, in parentheses TM Hasbro. This would mean pulling a spirit into our world by any means that does not return it into the original form. Oh. From these instances, we get possessions and hauntings, as the spirit does not want to return to the plane you summoned them from. Some see necromancy as a perversion of the re- resurrection of Jesus. These forces in the literature deal with pulling from power forces through ritual and other mediums. Resurrection is the act of rising from the dead and becoming alive again. So in the instance of resurrection, you would come back to a living form of your own, a rebirth of some kind. The concept of reincarnation would be considered resurrection. In oh. contrast with necromancy, resurrection is usually by some kind of divine power. It usually happens at the will of some higher divine power. You can read some examples of resurrections in the Bible here. And there's a link. Stay haunted, Sebastian. 
Thank you, Sebastian. That was actually very informative. I do think that he's right. We did not get that correct. I understand now that necromancy is summoning a spirit where resurrection is you literally just come back to life. That is an interesting distinction, though. I would like to read more about it. I might click on that link later. That link will immediately cause your computer to burst into flames. <laughs> it's and just you will a be dick like, pic. I caught you, you devil worshipping <laughs> bitches. Okay, next email from Randall A. Hey, Allie and Nat. Just wanted to say, have loved you guys since Sugarfine podcast days. Allie, thanks for all the Pokemon Go gifts. And Nat, I loved your dancing at the SP7 show. So I already put my story on the Discord and I wanted to share it on the podcast. So here's my sleep paralysis story. So throughout a span of about three weeks, I would go to sleep and suddenly wake up at 3.06 a.m. Oh, no. This didn't happen every night, and it was totally random. It wouldn't matter if I went to bed early or late. I would still wake up at 3.06 a.m. So one night, it's about 1 a.m. as I lay down and close my eyes. I hear a female voice singing in the room, and I remember it sounds like one of those hymns you would hear in church, but I couldn't understand what she was saying. As soon as I heard the singing, my eyes opened wide and I couldn't move. I suddenly felt this presence in the room, and since I always sleep on my right side, I felt something pull me to lay on my back, and I remember I could see on the corner of my left eye this woman who had black hair and a major hunchback staring at me. Then I felt this other presence jump on my chest, and then suddenly a bright yellow orb started coming out of my chest. During this time, I tried to pray out loud, but I couldn't speak. As soon as the orb got about half a foot above my chest, it went back into my body and I got up from my bed. I checked the time on my phone and it was 3.06 a.m. This happened about four years ago, and ever since then, I always have something playing like a podcast or music before I go to sleep. To this day, I'm still too afraid to go to sleep in quietness. I'm too afraid to hear that female voice singing. At first, I thought it was a demon trying to take my soul, but I've been listening to sleep paralysis stories on YouTube and other people have had experiences of a woman during sleep paralysis. See, it's stories like these that make me so grateful that I have never had sleep paralysis because the idea of being essentially lucid dreaming, but with your eyes open and unable to move is very claustrophobic for me. Like that to me is very, very frightening. Yeah. You're trapped in your own body. Yeah. Well, and I also think too of like all the times I had fever dreams, just like being sick throughout my life. Yeah. And fever dreams are some of the most terrifying things because you can't tell what's real and what's not real. And that's what a lot of these sleep paralysis stories sound like to me is being stuck in a place where you're not sure what's real and what's not. That to me is like, imagine being stuck like that. That's how our everyday life is, Alyssa. Not being able to tell what's real and what's not? Correct. Oh, man. Oh, no. <laughs> this is from... Um, s the subject says, My family has worked with the occult for years with pictures. This is going to be long, so bear with me. Okay. All right. Hi, I'm Hani Samedi. I go by both. You choose which one to call me. You've probably seen me in the Discord. Yeah, I recognize. Yeah, I know Samedi. Yeah, she drew um, some fan art for us, too. It was really cool. It's not Samedi. Yeah, it's not Discord. so many. Mm -hmm. um, or in your Twitter mentions or for messages on Instagram. And I'm here to talk to you about my hometown house and my family history and how cursed Romania, the country I'm from, is in general. Ooh. So first of all, I want to put forward that I come from a Roma family. Gypsy is a slur. Please use Roma or Santi when referring to these ethnic groups. And my grandma's job, aside from being an art teacher, had to do with spiritual readings, which was passed down every other generations. Sometimes it skips a few, but you know, it's a thing my family and my grandma specifically has been doing. 
My grandma has been retired for a few years now, around 20 years ago, when she found out she had cancer and retired from teaching, and around 10 years ago, she retired from spiritual reading. She beat cancer twice, once breast cancer and once lung cancer. Wow, that's really impressive. So she's metal as fuck and such an inspiring woman to me. Hell yeah. Yeah. But as you can see already, a huge chunk of my life, I'm 26, so 16 years of my life, has had to do with the so-called occult while my grandma was still doing it. Now, I fully trust and believe in my grandma. In her work of spiritual reading, she has never charged anyone any money. She never treated it like a job, and she didn't have bookings or anything like that. So she really only ever did it if someone came to her and asked her on the spot for guidance. What she did was never a business. She never had made any profit from it. Even when people would beg her to accept their money, she would outright reject them. Some of the stories I've heard from her are really creepy, though. She told me that once she was approached by this man while she was sitting on a bench in front of her house. This is a very popular thing here in Romania, putting benches between your house to sit and chat with neighbors, who looked very handsome, with the bluest, grayest eyes she's ever seen. And she said she could feel how lost he was. They had a brief conversation. And then he told her that he was happy to see his wife grow old and how beautiful she remained throughout it all. And then my grandma told me that the guy looked like he was in his late 20s. She wanted to ask him about it, but she felt a discomfort in her chest that kept her from doing it. She asked for his wife's name, and he said the name of a woman she was neighbors with, which she had remembered that she was a widow. She then went to w visit the widow and asked about her late husband, and she said, oh, he had the most beautiful blue-gray eyes I've ever seen at some point in the conversation. Aside from that, she told me that she would sometimes hear cries when she goes to the cemetery. And when she does, she goes to the graves she hears the cries for and leaves some flowers on the graves and lights a candle for them. Usually those graves look and most of the times are abandoned. Sometimes the grave looks brand new, but she knows there was a different grave under it and someone else just bought the place. So instead, she puts the flowers on the dirt outside the grave. She doesn't predict the future. That's one thing she doesn't do and says it's a bad omen to try to do that. Instead, what she does is try to help you with your present. She's basically a ghost therapist. Whether it means helping you cope with things through the ghosts or helping the ghost cope, I guess. Now, I have many stories to tell from my grandma, but I want to move on to my house itself and the crazy shit that happened while I lived there. So my house is maybe 400 years old already. Wow. It has been renovated a few times, but it's a nice, small house. But also like four generations of people died in it. From my great-great-grandmother to my grandpa when I was four years old. Yeah, bad juju already, I know. And we as a family are already very connected to the spirit world, so you can expect my house to be pretty thick with ghosts. Thick with two Cs. And well, it is. I can't really deny that. From faces appearing in the walls like stains that would disappear in a few hours. Oof, from scary. loud ticking and banging noises coming from one singular empty corner of the house. From symbols appearing on the ceiling to finally holes suddenly breaking into the wall. What? I have pictures of both the symbol and the holes appearing into the wall. Here they are. We'll put some see of these it? photos on the Instagram. So she drew over it right here so you can see oh, it Oh, wow. That's so interesting. See the original photo? It does. It looks like a little person or something. I also want to clear out that there's literally nothing above it. 
we don't have an attic and right above where it formed, it would just straight up only be brick. As for the holes, this happened literally last week from when I'm sending this. And the backstory is that I was just laying in bed on my phone at 3 a.m. minding my own business until I started hearing cracking and scratching. And suddenly these holes appeared behind me. Trust me when I say I kept my hands as steady as possible when trying to take these pictures. These are the photos from the night it happened. Oh my gosh, these are so creepy. Oh, this is like footage from the Blair Witch Project. Yeah. Like found footage. Of ghosts. Yeah. That's scary. That like looks like a face or something. Yeah, that's super scary. If you ask me what happened, I couldn't tell you. Me and my family have already checked for pests and there's nothing that could have caused that. Cursed, honestly. My grandma is weirdly calm about this but she doesn't want to answer any questions we have. She never answered anything about this for years. Stuff like this has been going on for over two decades. I also have my own personal stories, like the time my friend told me one night I got possessed, which I have vague memories of. Oh, shit. Wow. So it started out, I was with my friend a few months back, asking me if I could try doing what my grandma was doing. So I did. I correctly predicted really important stuff that happened in her life, like when her dad died when she ended up in the hospital, people that helped her and people that had harmed her. So many things she never told me about. I apparently told her right to her face. She was also going through a hard time and I told her that she has a person, a woman, with no human ties that is following her around and protecting her, as well as her late father. The catch here? I remember none of it. I just did what I saw my grandpa do when people asked for help which is grabbing the person's hand, asking them some questions, and then boom, stuff just happens, I guess. And I did that, and after that, I just remember waking up like two hours later, and she did confirm that we talked about for all of those two hours, as if I blinked and suddenly it was two hours later. Next time it happened, it was around a month ago from when I'm sending this, when my lover and partner came over to visit from England, and that is when the possession happened. It started with the same friend as before coming to me and asking me to do the thing again. So I gave her helpful advice like the last time. And apparently something went wrong because both my friend and my partner started feeling a lot of pain and were heaving and coughing and feeling very ill. I apparently had no reaction whatsoever. I said I felt something above my partner, something dark, and I kept saying some weird shit. At some point, my partner tried to stand up and immediately fell to the ground, that I remember, and was crying and how everything hurt. And they couldn't get up. Then, sometime later, I was being weird again and started giggling and laughing. And I apparently squeezed my partner, who's pretty muscular while I'm very weak, with such inhuman strength that he thought I was going to break his arm. Other than that, I just remember going to the kitchen, talking to my friend and my partner, and nothing much else. I am somewhat skeptical about the story, though, even if I trust my friend and partner a lot. So yeah, there's these stories I have for now. I don't want to make things too long. If you have any questions for me or my grandma, I'm definitely down to answer them. My grandma doesn't speak English, but will happily translate. Wow. It sounds like she's a medium. I'm just going to give you some impressions that I get from this email. Um, one of the main things that strikes me as believable about this email or credible is, and this is something that James DeAngelis and I talked about on the Portal to Hell episode, is mediums and psychics to me are a lot more credible when they don't charge people for readings. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like as soon as you make it an, into a business, that's where you can have people just making up things because they need money. Uh, and so I like that she said that her grandma has never charged anybody. So to me, that's like a lot more credible because why would you go out of your way to tell people things about themselves or the past, present, or future 
um, if you're not charging. Like you wouldn't go out of your way. That's just like something that's coming to you organically and then you tell people about it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that to me is really believable. Those pictures are super, super haunted. And I think also we've talked about haunted sites before, like haunted places. And the older a place is, I feel like the more haunted it is just because you've had more energy there. Right. And it's four generations. Yeah. That's crazy. That is crazy. And that's, oh, that's, I want to go to Romania now. That sounds like a place with a lot of really interesting history. Those symbols freaked me out. We need to like Google what those symbols are. Yeah, we should. Um, I wonder if it's the same symbol as, no, it's not. I remember what symbol was carved onto Gubei and it didn't look like that. (laughs) Everything always comes back to Gubei for me. Yes, it does. Wow. Yeah. I The part about her getting possessed, though, that would freak me out if people were just like, oh, yeah, you just like started telling me all this stuff and yeah. you don't remember any of it. I mean, I get scared when I'm like when I black out drunk and then people tell me what I did the next day. So I can't even imagine being sober and blacking out. That is like that adds a whole nother level of terror. Yeah. Yeah. Bad vibes town. Super bad vibes. Yeah. Keep sending in. Keep sending in stories. Um, okay, next email. I kind of want to ask her grandma, but like, what should I ask her? Well, maybe if we do a story about Romania or something that takes place in Romania, we can ask them if they know. Because Romania is a small country. I wonder if there's a lot of like folklore and legend that everybody knows about or has had experiences with. Okay, next email. Hi, ladies. My name is Sterling. I'm not sure how deep into the bad vibes hole you're willing to go, but I think I or my house might be, as the kids say, big haunted. perhaps if you share this story you can also give me some advice but i digress the story is as follows i've always been into the dark the macabre and the paranormal and being raised catholic in my early life i was raised to believe in spirituality as a result even though i've become more critical of the institutions connected to my faith there is a piece of me that believes that there is something out there of course my early interest in the paranormal made me very paranoid about the dark noises at night etc The small beach house we own, being in not amazing condition, always seemed like a definite haunted epicenter in my life, whereas my childhood home seemed like a haven. In my adulthood, however, I have come to realize the case might actually be the opposite. Or worse, both houses could carry supernatural energies. This story is particularly relevant to my childhood home, which I still live in today. My childhood house is a Victorian home that may be around 200 years old now. We've, uh, yes, haunted immediately. You don't have to tell me anything else. I agree it's haunted. We fixed it up when I was younger, but before that time, it definitely looked like a haunted house. With gray peeling paint, a concrete floored basement, and an attic you'd expect to see in The Conjuring, compounded with a myriad of dark crevices, nooks, and crannies. It's no wonder why my parents decided to fix it up. They did have two young kids after all. To be honest, before the renovation, nothing spooky really happened. It was after the renovation when things started to get a bit interesting. It started with small things, probably easily explained and not worth worrying over. The faucet turned on a couple times while my mother had her back turned. One night, I awoke around 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning feeling uneasy. Who wouldn't at that hour? I was trying to get back to sleep when I suddenly heard one of many music boxes and snow globes slowly chime out a few notes as if someone had been able to make the old winding key budge just enough to get those few notes to chime out. I froze completely for a few moments and eventually I got back to sleep. This is now a vague memory. That's so creepy. That's super creepy. 
The most concerning incident I had in this house, however, was a year or two ago now. I was watching a documentary about a haunting. Specifically, this one was about a demon. I enjoyed those, perhaps because of my religious background, and it felt taboo. I do regret this decision now, but the damage is done. <laughs> I should, same. Yeah, same. same. There's so many things we regret. I should have taken people's reviews as a warning. For your own sakes, I will not divulge the name of this documentary, just in case you seem as an attractive target as I apparently seemed. To elaborate, many people commented that strange things began happening after they watched the documentary. Well, damn it. Now I feel like I'm going to yeah, Google no, it. it. Why am Cursedocumentary.com? Yeah. Shortly after finishing this documentary, which was even darker than the usual that I'd seen, I brushed my fear off to get ready for bed. To give you some perspective of how my house is laid out, my bedroom is now in the attic. Yes, that attic. <laughs> what the, the fuck? Though it is much nicer now. There are only three rooms, my room on the left when you come up the stairs, my brother's on the right, and my bathroom in the middle. Connecting these is the square landing at the center of the floor, no more than four feet in length. You can walk right out onto the landing and down the stairs from my bathroom. I don't like looking out from my bathroom down the stairs at night. It makes me feel uneasy, as if one of these days I'll see something down there that doesn't belong. Because of that, I keep my bathroom door closed. Although the walk from my bathroom to my room takes about two seconds, it always uneases me, as if something's out there in the dark. Anyway, as I was brushing my teeth, I paused for a moment and looked to the door. I don't know why I did, for the memory is more distant now. As I did so, I heard a loud, animalistic, growling hiss from behind the door. My first reaction was that it was my cat. He's rather large, plus I had never heard him growl or hiss before, but I then remembered my cat is asthmatic, which has resulted in issues in many of his vocalizations. He can't make that sound. My other cat was dead at this point, if I'm remembering correctly, and even if she wasn't, she was not physically capable of making that sound either. Although I was afraid, I was much less afraid than I feel I should have been. I waited a few minutes, then I got back to my room and went to bed. That night, I prayed for the first time in a significant amount of time, just in case. In my memory, I recall that I felt a pressure on the side of my head as I did this. It burned just a little. I almost prefer to think that I'm remembering incorrectly. Wanting to justify this event to myself, I checked the only stone I had left unturned, my religious iconography. Demons have been known to damage, throw, or just knock down religious icons, and I kept my rosary by my bed. If nothing had moved it, then maybe this was all my imagination. I knew this wasn't the end-all sign that nothing had happened, and I knew that something could have easily happened even if it wasn't moved, but I could at least deny something happened. So a few days after the event in question, I checked my rosary. The chain had been snapped. <gasps> I would like to conclude this email by letting you two know I did the sixth sense, sense test you shared. I don't know how to spell it, so I won't even try out of fear of butchering it. Raycon. Yes. Although I saw my dinner from a first-person perspective and my right thumb was held over my left, I could definitely turn the apple, though the most concerning piece of that was probably the first test. As I walked through my home... A black figure followed me. I knew it was there, but it always stayed just a few feet behind my back, watching me. Maybe you can decipher this. Anyways, this is my first time telling this story while in my house. I've been thinking about sending this out to someone for a while, but I've been hesitant. What if this makes it angry? Well, it's too late now. I can make peace with that. Good luck with the podcast and happy hauntings. Sincerely, SCM. They're dead. Sterling. Yeah, they're dead. I don't For know. Sure. If you're not dead, tweet at us because that is haunted. Um, when was this email sent? This was sent in June. Yeah, they're dead. <laughs> Sterling, let us know how you are. This is haunted as fuck. Um, that's so 
creepy. I think here's my advice, what I would do to you, because you are brought up Catholic, religious, you need to start praying more often or invite another demon in. And, and then, then the demons can fight each other. Right. And they'll leave the you worst alone. advice. <laughs> no, no. I think you might need to conjure another demon because clearly that first one's just lonely. Right. Oh, that could be it. Yeah. Married some demons and then yeah. like they can have little babies and... What if that's all it takes to make a demon into an angel is you just have to like set it up on a blind date? <laughs> Bigfoot and a demon go out and yeah. neither one come back. They just decided to start a life together. Yeah, that's beautiful. Again, this is another story about a two like a couple hundred year old house. I mean, that's so that could honestly be a, a scary movie. That part about like just waking up and hearing the like ding, 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 ding. Yeah, the, snow, the globe. snow globe. That to me is the creepiest out of all the parts. Yeah. The snapped rosary and the snow globe noise. Also, why do you have these haunted artifacts in your house? Like a rosary and a, a globe. Rosaries aren't haunted, though. Oh, they are. No. You t- show me one haunted movie that doesn't have a rosary <laughs> or a cross in All right. It. Fair point. Fair point. Um, okay. Next story here we have. This is from Christmastina Padilla. Yeah. Christmastina. She draws us all like the super cute fan art. Oh, yeah. It is personal ghost story and fan art. Okay. First off, I really want to thank you guys for making and keeping up with this podcast. I know the intense work and time goes into something like this, and it doesn't always make money or things like that, but I truly love this podcast. Well, thank you. Thank you. That's nice to hear. I'm 23 years old and have PTSD, anxiety, and major depression. I have two bad knees that need surgery and fucked my career. I'm broke, and I'm going through shit, and your podcast brightens my day whenever it gets a new episode. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. Things have always been hard for me, but with PTSD, I found hearing some of the same familiar voices and such really pull me out of my own head, even as the background noise keeps me calmer. This podcast is often something that helps me. So thank you. And I'm going to attach the drawing I made for you guys if you want a print of use of it. Yeah. Well, that's so nice. Thank you. Okay. Okay. So here's the spooky story. Because come on, that's the best part. I live in the northwest suburbs of Chicago, and I moved around a ton when I was younger, but after my mom got married, we planted in this townhouse on the edge of the town. My bus stop was literally the last one on the route. This townhouse was relatively modern and was a house that you'd feel bad bringing friends in and running around in, so it couldn't have been that old, but it was really big. Top level was three bedrooms and a bathroom. The first floor was a big kitchen and a dining area with a piano and a living room with a bathroom, and then there was the basement. This is where it starts, of course. (laughs) I don't know what it was that caused me to feel this sensation or even picture it this clearly. Yeah, I was a 16-year-old going through a phase, but this wasn't that. Every single time I went down the basement stairs, I would force myself to look at the center of the room. I hated going down there, but it was the only place in the house that was set up with kids shit like games and TV and whatever else. Plus, I was a teen, so no boys allowed in my room, obviously. I felt like something was always watching me down there and I felt it from one point of the room and I never looked when their lights were off. I can still just picture clearly what I used to see or feel. Something bend down there in the corner covering part of its face just watching. Oh Oh my god. Fast forward a bit and weird things started happening. First one was that I was in my room with my friend and we were doing our nails and being annoying probably but the bedroom door slammed on its own and I froze. And my friend just jumped up and went over to the door thinking it was my brother, but no one was there. No one was on the top floor with us. I told her the door did that when it was windy, which is bullshit, but I lied because what the fuck has just happened? Yeah. 
After that, things got more noticeable. I had been laying in my bedroom and I had slept away from a wall because I hated bending my posters that were hung right there with my legs. I was half asleep and I had this gross sensation that someone was hovering above me. I kept my eyes closed. I was facing the opposite wall and just figured I was tired. And then the most disgusting thing happened. It felt like if someone was crossing over me and getting into the bed next to me and the bed no. sunk in with enough pressure to no. make my body turn into that spot. No. And I jumped up and seeing nothing, I lost my shit. And being a teen, I didn't have a good relationship with my mom and I wasn't the oldest. So what the fuck? I just kept it to myself. And I told my boy boyfriend who thought I was crazy, but cool. Dumb as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> this is where things got more serious. I had a birthday and a friend got me a glow in the dark Ouija board as a gift. LOL. I told this girl that I don't fuck with that shit. And if I did, my Mexican grandma would just know and beat the shit out of me. <laughs> this being said, I sat to the side, pissed, as my five white friends fucked around with it. <laughs> Nothing happened, and it was an uneventful experience, but things did escalate after this. One of my younger brothers, who has never done this before, started sleepwalking, and in the middle of the night, on more than a handful of times, had woke up and he had walked into my mom's door crying. And he would knock over and then she would come to him and ask him if he was okay. And she'd say yes and put him to bed. This terrified me. I could tell everyone was creeped out by this. And I kept saying, dude, this place is haunted as fuck. And it was taken as LOL, okay, because no one had anything happen to them at this point besides my younger brother sleepwalking. So it was just like I was crazy. Plus, I was a depressed teen. So who was going to listen to me? He once slept, walked all the way down the stairs and into the basement. No, fuck that. I woke up because I heard crying and I woke my mom up and that's where we found it and left a pit in my stomach and I was sick. Of all the places to find him, the last thing that happened to me in that house was by far the worst. It made everything I knew real. My bedroom window had broken and it was the middle of winter and my mom wouldn't let me sleep in a wet room as all my stuff had to be pulled out. This meant I slept in the basement. Yes, I could have stepped, slept in the living room, but that was open and everyone would hear me on my laptop and I'd cape <laughs> everyone up. So the basement it was. I was uneasy, but I kept saying it was stupid. I was fine. I Skyped my boyfriend, told him I wanted him to stay on while I slept, and he didn't care because we Skyped all the time. I left the bathroom light on and fell asleep finally. Nothing woke me up. Everything was okay. I didn't feel anything, and I felt relieved. My boyfriend woke up on Skype, and I told him I hated sleeping down there, and he was confused and asked me why. I was watching TV in the middle of the night, and when I didn't answer him, and he tried to talk to me, confused i told him i didn't watch tv and he said he had heard low talking all night over the computer and thought it was the tv i was almost sick i ran up the stairs and spent all day shaking we ended up moving and things stopped happening here and there lights turn on and off a few times or i hear someone talk in the middle of the night that sounds like a quick whisper but it doesn't feel scary like that house did after moving even after all these years i won't even drive up to look at it love and stuff christmas tina wow the boyfriend hearing the ghosts oh. on skype also, the sleepwalking into the middle of the basement and just crying. Also, Christmas, Tina, um, your, your artwork. Can I have this? Yeah. I love this. Your artwork that you have made for us is so <laughs> fucking good and you are so talented. And I hope that you know that because I know, like you said, sometimes when you're pursuing something a little more artistic, it can feel like shit i'm not making any money like why am i doing this but i just yeah. want you to know that your art is just amazing top of the notch and i could totally see you one day printing stuff like this on notebooks or having a site like valfrey and being an illustrator yeah. so i definitely don't think you should stop because not only is it really good it's very marketable and it's something that i could see people wanting to have i would buy a notebook with that on it yeah i love it yeah what do you think of that story 
fucking fucked up yeah fucked up Uh, what happened in that house is what i want to know like why is that house so fucking haunted i can agree with that sentiment though of being like oh the basement's haunted like fuck it i hate this but i have to go up there i mean i feel like everyone as a child has one of those rooms that's like creepy like for me it was always the the movie room upstairs Mm -hmm. like no one was ever in there and it was just like dark and creepy and yeah my grandparents house was definitely creepy because it's i feel like the more rooms you have the more opportunities for bad feng shui or for like little yeah. things to be hiding. Yeah, it's always yeah. like a like to me it was always the rooms that weren't used. Like we would have like a dining room right. that I thought was like creepy. Like a cold spot or something. Yes. Or, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, next email. Hey Nat and Allie. Ever since I listened to a certain episode of the podcast where you briefly mentioned how children are more connected to the spirit world than adults, I've had a strong urge to share this story and I hope you find it as interesting as I do. Before I was born, my dad's mother, Joni, became very ill and unfortunately passed away. Before Joni's death, she talked to my mom about an apparent quote-unquote new baby on the way. My mom thought she was just being delusional and talking about my older sister because at the time, my mom had no clue she was pregnant again. A long story short, my dead grandmother pretty much predicted my birth because, quote, the angel spoke to her about a baby girl. Oh, wow. My mom found out later that month that she had been pregnant. Now, my dad used to tell me stories about how when children are born, they're not, quote, earthbound yet, which means that they're still connected to heaven and are able to communicate both ways. For instance, babies talking to themselves, staring off into space, etc. One day when it was just my dad and I at home alone, he heard me laughing to myself in my playroom, which for whatever reason prompted him to ask the, the question, who do you think you are? I replied with, well, I'm Joni, of course. Wait, the grandma? The grandma. That's fucking scary. I have no memory of this moment, but needless to say, my dad shit himself. (laughs) Till this day, he never stops reminding me of how my dead grandmother and I share a very unique connection. Apparently, we are a lot alike in ways, and I only wish I had gotten to meet her. It makes me wonder how many haunted babies see ghosts day to day. I hope you enjoyed that small life story. I used to barely believe it, but after hearing that many people have had similar experiences, I can't help but think about what lies after death and how our deceased loved ones stay connected with us. Thank you for taking the time to read this. I love you both and keep up the amazing work. Katarina Cat W. Oh, Cat, I, I recognize your name. Love the idea of a haunted baby because Me here too. I am just thinking it shat itself or it's like farting and making these faces, but to think that it's actually like talking with our ancestors is great. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Also the thinking of a baby saying I'm Joni, of oh, course. That's so scary. That's so scary. I have another short one if you want me to read it before you go to a long one. Okay. Next email. Hey, guys, I've got a topic you might be interested in. Basically, back in 2000, 16-year-old Molly Bish was abducted from her job as a lifeguard in a small town called Warren in Massachusetts. No sign of a struggle, almost like she vanished. A few days later, her body turns up in the woods, and a cause of death can't be determined. 19 years later, the killer still hasn't been caught, and the case is still open and active. I actually used to see posters about her in my hometown of Sturbridge every few years right up until I moved away in 2015. To make things weirder, she's linked to another still unsolved murder from 1993 in a neighboring town. 10-year-old Holly Pi... Oh, this is going to be hard to pronounce. P-I-I-R-A-I-N-E-N. Pyranian? Molly wrote a letter to Holly's family after her death, and Molly was murdered seven years later. Ooh, 
It all sort of became an urban legend back home, but a 19 and 26-year-old pair of unsolved murders sounds right up y'all's alley, and I'd love to hear your take on it, especially with Molly's case having new developments in the last month and a half. From Cole G. That's scary. So basically, one girl wrote a letter randomly to the first girl's family after she was abducted, and then the second girl goes abducted. By the same killer? Sounds like it, right? Sounds like there's some connection there. My ear just started ringing. My right ear. Haunted. Bad vibes. I'm slowly backing away from Melissa. I know. Natalia's chewing on a throat lozenge. Well, that gave me bad vibes. Yeah, I think we're equipped to solve this murder case. (laughs) I think so, too. Let me go out there with my giant magnifying glass. Yeah. And figure that shit out. Let me Nancy drew the shit out of it. Oh, my other ear's ringing now. Okay, now it stopped. Do you want me to read another small one while you're chewing on your throat lozenge? Go. Okay. (laughs) Go. Okay. Ghost mode. This email's from Jeremy A. First off, I just want to say y'all need way more followers. This is a top tier podcast. Keep making dope shit. Thank you, Jeremy. He's right. Promote him. Yeah. Now on to my incredibly underwhelming story. (laughs) Promote him. So I don't really tell this to many people at all out of fear of sounding like a total idiot. In fact, I've only told my two closest friends. Anyway, here it goes. So, well, now you're broadcasting it to thousands of people, Jeremy. So I've never really been one to believe in paranormal stuff. I'm still not. And I still try to convince myself that what I witnessed was something else, something more practical or believable. This took place when I was about 11 years old. I used to go to a friend's house on some days after school because my parents worked a little later. And on those days, his mom would have us sit and do our homework at a small table in the kitchen before doing anything else. On this particular day, my friend was done early, so I was just sitting there with his mom while she helped me finish my work. I don't remember how this came up, but at some point she began to tell me a story of how their house was haunted and how one night she encountered the ghost of a little girl. She told me that it started off as her hearing a faint voice at night calling out, Mom, and that she just assumed it was one of her two sons. She checked their rooms and saw that they were both asleep, so she shook it off as just being tired and hearing things. She heard the same voice again, but this time closer, so she investigated the entire downstairs, where she had been the whole time, by the way. Again, she found nothing. At this point, she told me she knew she wasn't just hearing things and that she felt scared. After a third and final time of hearing the same voice again, but this time in a more clear location, the laundry room, she decided to confront whatever she knew she was hearing. She walked into the laundry room and saw something very peculiar on the floor, a little girl's bow. This was odd because she had two boys and didn't own any bows. Of course, as a kid, my imagination went wild after hearing that story. However, I was also calling bullshit on it and just appreciated it as an entertaining fictional story and nothing more. There were a lot more details to it, but I only recall the very general points. Anyway, the haunted part of the story hasn't actually even happened yet. After I was told all of this, she went to go use the bathroom. So I sat there and silently tried to figure out the math problem I was having trouble with. A minute or two goes by, and then I hear a loud crash from behind me. Terrified, I look behind, hoping to see her messing with me after telling me that story. But all I saw was a toy truck on the ground, which was originally sitting on a flat countertop against the wall. So it didn't just fall because it was sitting too close to the edge. That shit had force behind it. At that point, I was scared shitless and ran to the backyard where my friend was playing. And for some reason, I didn't tell him. I just said I was taking a break from homework and told his mom the same thing when she saw I had left the table. Again, this could be completely coincidental, but I just don't see how that truck could have possibly just flew off the countertop like that by any other means, especially with the timing of that story and my reaction to it. The other thing that 
could have been coincidental was the bow. Yes, it very well could have been from a niece or something that accidentally left it there, but it's just too weird in my opinion. She claims she heard a little girl's voice from the laundry room and then finds a little girl's bow on the floor in that same room. And again, the timing of the truck crashing on the floor like someone shoved it off the counter when it was against the wall is also weird as fuck. Something haunted was fucking with me because I was calling bullshit and it wanted me to believe. That's how I see it anyway. I was a stupid kid, but I remember that day so vividly. (laughs) Regardless if I'm remembering things wrong or if it was just a weird coincidence, it's a fun little story that I have in my pocket. Let me know what y'all think. I'd love to hear your thoughts. This woman had an abortion? Why would there be a female little ghost calling her mom? I don't know. I Again, this is another case where I need to like be able to research the location of where this happened and this house. That sounds like a little girl entity is somehow tethered to that house, right? Like, did the previous family have a child that lived there that Let died? Let me psychically tune in with this family right Astral now. Astral project into that home. Oh, no, it's not working because I need more facts about them. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know. Like, we don't have any names or anything yeah how can i astrally project well jeremy i want to tell you that i believe your story i mean yeah i believe it haunted as fuck i mean it definitely makes sense god i just read the headline of this and this scares the shit out of me okay it says subject my dad stayed in my apartment months after he died oh well haunted 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 okay um this is from maya hey ladies love the pod i have pretty extensive paranormal story from my dad haunting my apartment a few months after he passed away. It's a longie, but a goodie. I want to start by saying that I've had many paranormal experiences, so I'm open to the idea that once we die, we don't just disappear. In late January 2017, my dad had a heart attack while taking a nap in my bed. At the time, I was in university in England and hadn't seen him in a month, but we are always really close. I flew back a few days later and spent a month at home, And after about two weeks, my mom and siblings went back to work. So I was at home by myself a lot. And I was working on my dissertation at the time. So I'd sit at the dining room table all day working. I started hearing really faint cooking sounds in the kitchen. My dad was really into cooking and always wanted to pass recipes down to me. But I was never really interested because I don't like to cook. I really regret this now. I could hear the faint sounds of silverware clicking and pans moving across the stove. I thought it was weird, but I didn't think much more of it. A few days later, my two cats started acting strange. They'd both wake up and walk into the same spot, sit and stare at something that I couldn't see. Again, super weird, but I figured the combination of things meant that there were mice in the walls. I have been gifted with being able to interact with spirits in the past when I was younger, but I didn't really want to believe that my dad was still around. I wanted him to be in peace. We had a regular building visit from the exterminator, but he couldn't find any sign of mice. My sisters told me that my parents' bedroom door would slam shut when no one was home and the windows and AC were closed and off. At the time, I was in a habit of using the dictation feature for texting instead of actually typing out my texts. I hit the little button and Sierra would type out what I was saying into the phone. I was home alone and about to text my mom. I hit the microphone and my phone typed out, I am dad, I am dad. Whoa. This is the first thing that made me believe it was all actually real. I started having dreams where my dad and I were sitting in this weird room. It had off-white walls and just a black leather couch and one of those super leafy plants. It wasn't like anything I'd ever really seen before. My dad would ask me questions about if I was okay after he died, 
how I was feeling. I would reply with my actual feelings. It all felt way too real to be a dream. I feel like it's probably physiologically explainable, but then my brother, who's pretty skeptical, told me he had the same dreams in a really similar room. There was a night my sister slept over on the couch. We have this memory where my dad invited everyone to the living room and performed a dance routine to Pharrell's song, Happy. Oh. It was a memory we talk about all the time. She woke up in the middle of the night and Happy was playing on her phone. She doesn't actually have the song on iTunes. Siri searched the song on YouTube. <gasps> oh, that's so crazy. My I brother, got the chills. My brother told me recently that during the time period, he woke up in the middle of the night and there was a static figure sitting on the end of his bed. No. Mm-mm. He threw his blanket at it and swore that the blanket kind of started shaping like it fell on an actual person. He freaked out and kicked at the blanket. The whole thing collapsed. He immediately felt a huge feeling of regret after he kicked it. After that, it all started to quiet down. There was one morning where I woke up really early to go to work, and I saw a shadowy figure step from the hallway into the kitchen. When I came home from work, I kind of forgot about it and took a nap on the couch. I woke up to my dog, standing, staring down the hallway, with all of his hair raised, looking right at where I saw the shadow. We moved apartments after that, so I don't really know if anything has happened there. I work at a fitness studio, and right after we moved, I saw a shadow move in the mirror when I was setting up for the class. Right after I saw it, the girl who was in there with me said, Whoa, I just felt someone jump behind me. Whoa. There was one thing before he even died. I had a weird thought on Friday night as I was going to sleep that one day my parents would die, and I'd have to keep living. It was such a random thing to pop into my head, but I literally stayed up an extra hour trying not to think about it anymore. My dad died the next day on Saturday. My family didn't tell me until Sunday because she wanted to make sure that she could arrange for a family member. We have lots of family in England and was already on the way to come get me by the time that I found out the news. Is that the end of the evening? Yeah. That's so touching and yeah. also so sad. That's, yeah, that's crazy. What, who, what's the name of this person? Maya. Maya? Yeah. Yeah, Maya. I, I, my dad had a heart attack a few years ago, but survived. And I can't even imagine like the pain of going through that loss. And like you said, even thinking about the idea of your parents not being there one day is really upsetting. Um, so I can't even imagine what, how hard that would have been to go through. I hope that it was a little comforting for you to know that your dad was with you. You know, okay, so after. this is one that I absolutely believe. Yeah, 155 The fact that it said, that. I am dad, I am dad, and then yeah. the fact that Siri searched for happy yes. on... I literally have the chills have right now. goosebumps too. Yeah. I, I have such a strong connection with my dad that's different than the connection that I have with my mom, and I can just like only imagine how jarring it would be for me to lose that person. So I can only say how sorry I am for Maya... But I do also believe like knowing my dad and knowing the connection that we would have that he would take any step he could to comfort me and my family. So I totally see that this one as being like totally plausible. I just wonder when your brother kicked that shape that maybe he felt regret because he thought he was scared in the moment, you know, that it was your dad. But I also don't think that things like that you can hold on to it because it's like whether or not this this ghost clearly like it's just a you know a reflection of your dad there so it's not like it's actually him right 
It's just like positive residual energy that's comforting you in your time of need, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the playing of the song Happy. Like that to me is so heartwarming. Yeah. Like what a great memory to be able to have with your dad and be able to remember and then to have his energy kind of come back and remind you about that great memory. Well, and then she said too that they had the room that was very similar that her siblings would talk to the dad in Mm -hmm. and they both had, they all had the same dream. So to me, that's just like, it's very haunted, but it's a very heartwarming haunting. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Haunting's not always bad. There's a lot of positive hauntings. Next story by Crazy Raspberry. I know my email doesn't say, so I'm saying in advance, my name is Chandra, pronounced Chandra. Ooh, I got it right on the first try. Hey guys, huge fan of the podcast. I'm not usually a podcast person, but this one is crazy good. And I think the chaotic energy you guys have is just tailored to keeping me entertained. And the vlog you did had me laughing my head off. So thank you for all of the quality entertainment. Thank you. Anyway, on to the stories. I've lived a crazy life, most of which I've been interested in all things paranormal. I've had a few experiences, so I think I might detail you just a few. Now, a lot of this all goes down when I was a child living with or visiting my father. My father, I like to think of as a beacon to bad energy. He was not a kind person. He often got into fights in public, and I no longer see him due to an instance where he attacked my mother, me, and my stepdad with a baseball bat, so not a nice guy. I think some of his negativity definitely brought bad energy to our house. This first story isn't necessarily a product of such, but the second story I think is. The first time I encountered something strange in the house was late at night. I was around six years old, and I usually slept quite well, save for the odd nightmare. It wasn't odd for me to wake up in the middle of the night and go to tell my parents I had a nightmare, but that was about the extent of it. However, this specific night, I woke up around 3 a.m., which I now know is the witching hour, and couldn't fall back asleep. So I sat up to get help, and I see a pale old woman in a white dress just staring at me from the end of my bed. Nope, fuck that. Mm -mm, Fuck that. I ran to my parents' room in tears, but they weren't there. I ran downstairs and found them both outside having a cigarette. I tried to explain what happened, but they brushed it off and sent me back Your to Your parents bed. just had sex. Oh! So funny to look back at all the times growing up and you're like, oh. Ew. Oh, that's what was happening. I remember this event as clear as if it was yesterday, but I've asked my mom if she remembers that night and she doesn't. I don't know if that's some sort of phenomenon or if maybe I was just dreaming, but I learned that my mom's Oma, grandma, was quite a bit like me and my mom, who has some psychic abilities herself, seems to think that she's watching over me. So I believe and hope it was her watching me that night. This second story occurs after my mother and father separated. I was around 11 to 12 years old and was at my dad's for the weekend. Being at his house always caused me extreme stress, so I usually brought my friends over to hang out so it would distract me. This specific day is one I remember not only because of the paranormal activity that occurred, but also because it was one of the last days I saw my friend before he was bound to a wheelchair. I'm not going to be using real names for anyone because I no longer talk to them and I don't know if they want their stories to go public, but there were four of us. Me, my friend who I'll call Megan, Tony, and Hunter. So, we're hanging out as kids do, the four of us mostly playing on the trampoline in my backyard, until Tony, Hunter's older brother, asked if we could explore my basement. My dad agreed and sent us down there. It was just full of my old toys anyway. There was nothing we could really break. So we were exploring and messing around with these children's toys, talking about how stupid they were, tossing them around. It was around this point that the lights began to flicker. 
This couldn't have been my dad spooking us because we were in a separate room that had a light that could only be turned on and off from inside the room. So we chalked it up to just being a bad light bulb and continued to mess around with the toys. Then the lights went out completely. Hunter freaked out and went running upstairs. The other three of us stayed and I went to see if I could turn the light back on. The switch had been switched off and when I tried to turn it back on, the switch wouldn't budge. At this point, I got pretty spooked and headed upstairs too. After that was Megan and last was Tony. We were all a little spooked, but we ignored it and went on with our day. A week or so later, my dad was fixing the pipes in the basement and had to break through a wall. In the wall, he found a strange doll of a boy sitting in the wall. We were creeped out by it and threw the thing out. Megan was there and was also creeped out by the doll. So it wasn't just us. It was just wrong. After this, everything seemed all right until a while later. Tony was found unresponsive by Hunter, face down in his bed. They don't know what happened. It was some sort of seizure, they surmised, but he had been fine before. He's slowly been learning to walk again, last I've heard from my mom, as our parents still talk sometimes, but I can't help but think that Tony was the last one in the basement, and I wonder if throwing that doll out was something that hurt him. I truly hope not, but my mind does wander. As of right now, I'm not experiencing too much paranormal activity other than my TV turning on and off on its own every once in a while, but I've grown accustomed. It's just the spirits trying to contact me, I suppose. I'm sorry if the stories were a bit long, but I really want to share my experiences. I really hope you enjoyed them, even if they don't make it onto the podcast. Um, um Annabelle a little situation. doll boy in a wall of a basement. Natalia. I don't like that. That is fucking... How did it get in there? Was he built into the house? Was it one of their toys? People who move out of homes and hide shit for other people to find. What is the purpose? Like... Uh, is that what's happening? Or what if it was like a cursed doll and they were renovating and somebody stuck it in there thinking like, this is the only way I can get rid of it or like Or shit? it's just like a oh. family moved out and they're just like, uh. Yeah, like shit being like... found in walls is the fucking scariest thing to me ever. <sighs> I don't like it. Because you have to think of the effort it takes to put something in a wall. Yeah, you have to literally board it up in there. Like fuck, fuck that. Fuck that. But I do think that Tony being the last to leave had something to do with it. I don't know. That's just like so crazy that it because it sounds like it happened essentially right after they threw the doll out, right? Yeah. That's scary. I don't know. That's creepy. I don't know. That's like a case of a spirit or a demon or something or an entity like actually physically harming someone, which I hate. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the scariest, I think. So this next story comes from Samantha. It's called Coma. Hey, gals. So some exposition, I was born with a birth defect called bladder extrophy. Complications of this were being born with a shattered pelvis and not walking until I was eight years old. Oh, wow. And so I was in a four-month-long coma when I was a young child. Wow. And then an eight-month-long coma in between my freshman and sophomore year of high school. I'm a freshman in college now, but a few freaky experiences with the first coma that I was in afterwards was I was always see what I was doing from a third person perspective. <gasps> that is haunted. With people that didn't exist. No, that's the me. most haunted of the whole the Reiki tests. That's literally combining all the Reiki tests. I not Reiki. never saw through my own eyes and it stopped when I had a severe allergic reaction to an antipsychotic that was given to me what? to stop it. But I was never diagnosed with any mental impairments or illness. Wow. And it seems very odd to prescribe antipsychotics to a child of maybe five years who wasn't violent or paranoid or anything. Yeah, how would they even know? I could see what my family was doing in other rooms. 
and I could navigate to any cross in any room while it was pitch black. Oh, my God. Especially if I'd never been in the room before. There's a whole story with that. I was raised Muslim from a Turkish family, but have since become the only convert to Catholicism after extensive exploration on my own volition and after the second coma i had a very little memory of any specific events prior but i've had a photographic diagnosed eidetic memory since oh damn and i can tell you second by second what each person was doing in every surgery i had oh my god i believe i viewed all of these third person ariel as well i'm an open book so any questions are welcome. Have a great night. Cooch Neutral on Discord. Oh, I know Cooch Neutral. Wow, that's crazy. What what the fuck? All Why of these can you navigate stories to that, crosses. Yeah, every all these stories that people have been writing in, these are like blowing my fucking mind. Yeah, these are stories we should I mean, I guess we are doing it. I was <laughs> like, these are stories we should talk about on the podcast. Yeah. But yeah, Damn, that's, that's crazy. Does that mean they're haunted because they can go to crosses? I That to me, that sounds like a medium power on steroids. Yeah. Like some maybe somehow being in a coma at such a young age created you more this, powerful. Yeah, like or activated a part of the brain. I know that we had a listener write in saying that it's annoying when people say that you don't use 100% of your brain because apparently like you do. Yeah. But I, I just wonder like that person was wrong (laughs) no 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 i just wonder if like something something was activated some synapse that normally does not connect was able to connect because you were put in a coma at such a young age like that is seriously such a gift like that's crazy i can't even fathom what that must be like this is literally blowing my fucking mind right now so the other people that were in the room the coma during the coma that weren't actually there i wonder what those were yeah i don't know spirits watching over that's so Wondering who gets to inhabit the body next. Damn. Literally any, honestly, even the most innocent of explanations is still going to blow my fucking mind because that's just crazy. It's scary no matter what. Yeah. Well, Cooch Neutral, we will be definitely wishing you good vibes and good luck on your 55th surgery. Congratulations on getting your 55th surgery. Modern medicine is fucking crazy. And I'm just glad that we're making advancements to help everyone live a fucking better life. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck the demons. They can't keep us down. Yeah. The demons can't keep us down because we've got. They'll be surrounding me all around my hospital. I'll just Liam Neeson those bitches. Yeah. Hell yeah. Navigate to different crosses and shit. Checking shit out. Yeah. <laughs> you thought I was in a coma. Fuck you. Fuck you. That. <laughs> I know what you said about me. Cooch neutral. Tell us when your next surgery is so we can send you good vibes telepathically. Yes. Oh, it's my turn to read an email. Yes, it is. I was sorry. I just was still thinking about that. That's crazy. Because that's literally every single part of the Ray contest combined into one. Like the most haunted scenarios. Okay. This is also from someone named Samantha. Hey, Nat and Allie. Loving the podcast and always stoked to hear fellow spook lovers telling spook stories. My name is Sam and I'd like to tell you a little about my home. I live in beautiful Victoria, British Columbia, Columbia, Canada. Before Europeans arrived in these parts, the Aboriginal inhabitants knew this spot was magical. We are an island surrounded by salt water, believed to attract, magnify, and keep in spiritual energy. Just by looking at the landscape of the area, you can feel the magic. Our vast rainforest scape and wrapping hills and mountains are truly something to behold. Victoria is coined as the most haunted city in Canada. I didn't know that. We have many buildings, 
graveyards, and natural areas that have a ghost or two linked to them caused by murders or suicides. Our Chinatown is the oldest in our country. After the gold rush, this area was filled with brothels, opium dens, and gambling spots where many lives yeah. were claimed. <laughs> a hub in our downtown center is Bastion Square, once occupied by a jail and the hanging gallows. When the jail was demolished, the unmarked graves of many hanged men were ignored, and their bones still lay scattered under the grounds of this now-tourist area. Their ghosts remain here, watched over by the infamous hanging judge, Sir Matthew Bailey Begbie, eternally. We are also known to have a heavy witch population, rumors of which ring more true due to the abduction and killing of animals from around our Beacon Hill area on full moons. Now, I'll tell you a little bit about me. I believe I have a heightened sensitivity to spirits. I dabble with tarot, crystals, we should compare rocks, hell yeah we should, pendulums, and spells. When I was about six or seven, my mom and I moved in with my grandparents after my parents split. They owned a beautiful old character home on Davy Street. It was a thin, quaint street, and all the stairs squeaked. My mom and I shared the room at the top of the stairs, where from the window you could gaze out all over town. It didn't take me long to feel that that room wasn't right. I would wake up nightly, feeling a presence at my back, followed by a tingle through my spine. I never let a hand or foot drop off my bed and always slept with my blanket tucked up to my eyes. I never saw anything, but the feeling was real. Many months after my mom and I had moved out, my grandparents had an international student occupy our old room. One night, they were awoken by the young Asian girl's hysterical sobs inside their room. She was frightened by a woman dressed in black sitting at the foot of her bed. As awful as I felt for this young girl, it was my first confirmation that what I felt and would continue to feel in my life was real. Keep on spooking girls, and if you ever want to get haunted in Canada, you know where to come. XO Sam. What the F? There's so many stories of, like, old women at the foot of beds this week. Well, yeah. I think as women, we should just die by the time we're 60. <laughs> if you are a woman past the age of 75, just just get the fuck out. Please, God, don't listen to her. I want to live to be 700, please. I'm so afraid of death. Okay. That's fucking gnarly, though. And I wonder if maybe that girl just had a higher Raycon than you, and that's why she was able to see it, and you were only able to feel it. Or she, the first girl, the girl that wrote the story, was, like, Liam Neesoning. She, like, Liam couldn't Neesoning be taken. The, those bad vibes. She could not be taken. The old woman's like, damn it. I can't quite break through this Liam Neeson aura. <laughs> <laughs> also if you liam neeson it means you literally cannot be taken yeah because that's Straight what the up. movie is yeah he's just taken goes, no no <laughs> he goes and he takes back what's his exactly yeah all right let's see what's this what's this there's lots of photos here so let's see what it is this comes to us from cat joyce the theater ghost okay hi i'm cat parentheses therein <laughs> in parentheses from New Jersey. I'm currently a freshman in co I'm currently a freshman in college and I absolutely love your podcast. Thank you. You are both very wonderful people. You're you, wonderful. She doesn't know us. And you guys have inspired me with all of your personal stories to become a more of a self-starter in my own life. So hey, thank you thanks. for that. Okay, that's fine. Thanks, Kat. Good job. We appreciate it. Here's my story. I used to be the resident stage manager for my high school's theater program, so I would spend a lot of time in there. Very haunted position, I can, I can tell you that. People in the program would always talk about how the theater was haunted by an old nun that would we would affectionately name Joyce. This was a Catholic, all-girls school in which nuns still do teach, so it's not an unlikely ghost. The legend is that she died during her favorite show, and she never got to see the end. 
So if the school does that show again and she finally sees the end, her spirit will be released. Do the show. I have never really experienced this ghost before, but the director slash head of the theater department, who is very logical adult and has spent a lot of time in that theater, said there was definitely a ghost there. My one paranormal experience happened during my third play there. It was the day of our last show, and I had gotten there super early, so I was all by myself. I was preparing everything for the show that day, and I decided to take a picture and send it to, to the cast group chat to show them all that I was there before them and therefore superior joke <laughs> but very theater of you yeah <laughs> I sent the picture without really looking at it and a few hours later one of my friends in the group chat came up to me and said you caught Joyce I was pretty confused and then she showed me the picture and zoomed in to the audience where there was a blue orb with eyes sitting in one of the chairs oh fuck I looked at the photo in amazement because I had not seen it at all so many people have tried to say that it was a fake, but there was definitely no possible other explanation. But the story doesn't end there. After having this picture on my phone for a while, the memory started to act up and I got a feeling that my photo would get deleted. To make sure that I would still have it if anything went wrong, I decided to post it on Instagram. The day after I posted it, fire alarms went off in my school. This was not due to any sort of drill or fire. They said it was a freak electrical thing. Since then, I archived the photo, so it is not visible to the public on my Instagram anymore, but it did mysteriously disappear from my photo app, and as far as I'm aware, it was the only one I lost. That's like the Men in Black story where that guy filmed the Men in Black and then it just fucking disappeared from his phone. Yeah. I hope the story is spooky enough. Love always, cat. And here's the photo. Oh my god. Uh, Wait, no. I'm already, I'm already freaking out and I haven't even looked at it yet. I'm... Dude, look at no, this. No, I'm scared. Look. I'm like about to cry. Oh, no. Oh, no. Wow. It's like literally, it's no. 100% like. I'm literally crying. Look, right let now. me see that one. <laughs> no, Alyssa's crying. <laughs> it's crying. okay. It's okay. Joyce can't no. hurt you. That's real, though. Whatever. The I'm scared. Alyssa, don't cry. It's We've just Joyce. We've been in this room so long. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> the theater ghost. The Joyce, Joyce, the theater ghost. Okay. Why don't Why don't they just like release her poor soul? And she's got to see the the show. I know. Please do the play so that Joyce can go. Alyssa, it's the theater. <laughs> I'm so scared. I don't know why that one got me. It's the picture. It's just the idea of two little eyes like you just take a picture and you're all alone and all of a sudden there's just these two little mothman eyes like yeah fuck it's a mothman fuck i'm that. fucking scared okay let me calm down and then i'm gonna read yeah two- you you need a taylor swift right now calm down okay yeah, god okay you're right that made me just angry enough <laughs> then now i'm back to normal okay. we've got nick cage we've got liam Deeson, and we've got taylor swift Those nobody are three wants options. i never want to be a taylor swift okay <laughs> All right, this story is from Alexis. Hey, ladies, my name's Alexis. I'm a listener from Louisiana, and this is my story. Okay, so I truly believe in spirits, ghosts, aliens, etc., but I've never experienced anything of the paranormal before, so this story has nothing to do with me. But about two years ago, my mom and dad went out of town to visit some of my family in Houston. My cousins that they were staying with own a big two-story house in the suburbs, just to give you an idea of the setting. My cousin swears that the house is haunted and has a male spirit in one of the guest rooms upstairs, but even I've slept in that room before and never experienced anything. So anyway, 
That night, my mom and dad were drinking and playing games with our family members when all of a sudden my dad told my mom, hey, I'm feeling super lightheaded. I'm going to go lay down in the guest room. So my mom was like, okay, that's cool. I'll come and check on you in a few. Well, as my dad was walking up to the room, everyone just hears a big thud. Everyone ran up to see what happened and they found my dad passed out on the floor. After that, when he awoke, he said he was fine and everything was okay. Just super lightheaded. No biggie. Well, that night, my mom and dad went to sleep in that room. While they were asleep, my mom woke up from feeling my dad moving around in the bed. My mom then said, what are you doing? And as she opened her eyes, she said that she saw my dad levitating from the bed. No. Then she saw a dark figure standing at the edge of the bed with its arm lifted up as if it were making my dad rise up from the bed. What the fuck? My mom then put her arm around my dad and pulled him back down into the bed and went to sleep. (laughs) no the next morning she told my dad and he was extremely terrified when she told me the story i asked her how the fuck she just went back to sleep after seeing that she said that she didn't know what to do and was so scared that she just made herself go back to sleep (laughs) it's insane to think that maybe my mom saved my dad's soul that night anyways that's the end of the story i just wanted to let y'all know that y'all are my favorite podcast ever keep it up i'm always waiting on a new episode two ghost emojis and a black heart what the fuck also, Your that's like the best Liam marriage. Neeson'd the shit <laughs> yeah. out of that ghost. She was just like, <laughs> she's like, nah, I'm going back to sleep. You're now. not taking my husband's soul. I need that for later. <laughs> <laughs> that was an epic one. That was really good. I fucking love that. All right. Let's see what's here. Subject. This made me have a panic attack. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm, I don't know. I am prone to, to panic this. attacks, but I'm ready for it. All right. <laughs> Hello. My name is Anna, and I've been obsessing over your podcast. Thank you, Anna. We love you. I've listened to most of them on random order. Okay, haunted. Haunted. (laughs) I've always had supernatural things happen to me since I was a kid. So much that I used to scare my aunts and cousins when I would tell them the things I see and predict. My family is from Veracruz, Mexico, a place known for witchcraft. And naturally, my grandma practiced those things. I always see things, but it's rare for it to send me into a panic attack. One of those times, I was 13. (gasps) 13? The most haunted fucking number. Listening to music and searching through the web when I felt something looking at me from the hallway. I felt so disturbed that I had decided to shut down my computer and go to bed. I then saw a shadow moving closer and closer to me. I then, I know, really dumb, but that was my reaction, put my blanket over my head. I started to feel cold, but I was sweating so much. All of a sudden, I felt a hand touching my face. I ran so fast to my parents' room crying after that I felt the shadow wasn't there. Okay, second time I had a panic attack because of a supernatural event was an hour ago. No. Oh, no. I was listening to your podcast, episode five, The Japanese Test. Yes, that one fucking gave me a panic attack, too. I saw my childhood house. That is in Mexico. I did all the steps you guys had said to see if I really do have a sixth sense. While walking through my house and closing windows, I kept seeing all the shadows and a girl I've seen many times before when I was a kid. I kept opening my eyes because I was starting to panic because the energy was really heavy. I tried to focus. I closed the windows around me every time I saw people and I've never seen them. Once the test was done, I decided to pause the podcast because I was starting to have a panic attack. Even now, my hands are shaking and my heartbeat is still fast. Anyways, I paused the podcast, and while I was having a panic attack, my Siri turns on. I looked at it and freaked out even more. I decided not to stop to see what it was going to write, and I don't remember exactly what it was said, but I was looking somewhere when. And then, 
Siri just replied saying that it didn't find what I was looking for. It really freaked me out and I can't stop shaking. Honestly, that hearing all of your guys' results from that episode five ghost test walking through the house has been so interesting to me because there's been such a wide range of responses. People that literally didn't see anything mm -hmm. and then people that saw the most terrifying apparitions people, I can ever imagine. People who saw the same thing as their mom saw. Remember, they were yes. like, there was a guy and they're like, did you see him too? Oh my God. Uh, that's fucking haunted. Thank you for sharing that, Anna. Yeah. Also, don't panic. It's okay. Well, nothing I, can hurt you as long as you don't let it hurt you. That's very true. I I do feel your pain though because I did have a panic attack um when I did that. Not when I did the test, but when I was retelling the story for some reason, <laughs> I was like, pan "Remember that I was like drinking so much water when I was telling you that story? I was like, <laughs> like, because that's one of my coping mechanisms when I like feel a panic attack coming on for Is some drinking reason. Water. Drinking water helps. Hey, that does help though. Yeah, drinking water and getting in the shower only mm. two things that will cure a panic attack for me. Oh, I gotta try that. Yeah, mine is just like let everything crumble. Yeah. <laughs> If cancel. I, if, cancel everything let everything crumble start over delete all of it yeah. okay next email this is from Gigi. hi ali and nat my name is gina and i am a huge fan of the podcast so i would like to share with you spooky gals a story that is quite infamous within my family it was a hot summer night in puerto rico back in the 90s i must have been around nine or ten years old and i lived with my mom and my grandmother at around 4 a.m., my mom and I hear my grandmother screaming. We found her in the backyard, visibly shaken. She said that she had heard some strange noises and went to check it out. Once she got there, she said that she saw a strange creature that walked on two legs, had scaly skin and big red eyes jumping over the fence of the backyard. After seeing the creature, she noticed that all her parakeets had been killed, but the cage had never been opened. It looked like something heavy had maybe jumped on it since it seemed to be bent at the top. The strangest part was all the parakeets had two holes in them like small bite marks. One of them was somehow cut in half, but there was no blood anywhere. It just looked like they had all, they had all their blood drained from them. When the sun came up, our neighbors told us that they heard the ruckus, and when they checked their dog, he seemed to also have the strange bite marks, but luckily he was okay. They also found weird footprints left on the rock-hard cement flooring around the shed in their backyard. None of us could really explain what could have attacked the animals or what my grandmother saw, but we all thought it could have maybe been the chupacabra and that she caught a glimpse of it. Hope you enjoyed that and that I'll hear your thoughts on it. Much love, Gina. I have always wanted to do a story on the chupacabra. No, that was a chupacabra. 100%. Yeah, that's 100% a chupacabra. Yeah, drained the, the parakeet's blood. That reminds me of all of the instances of um, cattle mutilations that we hear about where yes. a cattle's been drained of blood or, or cut, cut in, in half, half but no blood anywhere. I wonder if all of that is the work of the chupacabra. Have you ever seen that video of the chupacabra that some guy caught in i think it was oh New but Mexico. it's just like a super mangy dog no it's honestly fucking freaky and the story just disappeared like the like they sent the animal out for dna testing no follow-up stories ever ever again and it was all over the news this was like not that long ago they killed the animal on accident 
Um, but you think they would at least come out and be like, it was just a dog. If Do you think two scientists who are doing DNA testing on an animal, they, first of all, they're going to find DNA that they don't know what it is. They're not going to be able to, to re- trace it back to chupacabras because it's, there's no chupacabras. No, but they could come out and they could be like, hey, the DNA didn't match a dog, they for could be example. Like, or no known animal's DNA was found within this animal. They could be like, hey, since I was five years old, I've been wanting to be a doctor. I've studied my entire life to get to this point. My father beat me every night and so that I did. Jesus my homework Christ, Natalia. and now i'm a doctor i'm not gonna fucking lose it by my first job saying that i found the chupacabra no but imagine if you discovered a new species of animal that happens every once in a while like deep in the jungle someone will find a new species of frog or a new species of mm. insect maybe we'll do an episode on the chupacabra thank you gina that yeah. is fucking crazy my haunted story from laney Hello, lovely LGH ladies. I finally have enough internet to send you guys more information about my attachment. I'm Gina's friend that she was talking about. Yes, I remember that. I remember that. I think that was listener stories number two. As I was listening to that episode and afterward when I was thinking about what to say, I kept thinking about how more that I could tell you about because apparently this has been a bigger part of my life than I thought, but I'll try to keep it concise. It started when I was 405. It was in the middle of the night and I was in my room wide awake. I don't remember the details. There was the version that my parents tell me when, and then the version that I remember. I'll start with that one. I was laying in my bed, staring at the ceiling when something came out of it. What I see in my memory is a stereotypical ghost, rounded at the top with a spooky face. I freaked out and ran into my parents' room. What they tell me I actually saw, and don't remember for whatever reason, was a very clear apparition of a man. As I described him to my mom, she went over to one of our photo albums and pulled out the picture to show me. Is this him? She asked. And I said, yes. Who I actually had seen was my cousin who had died in an accident years before. And my mom had asked him to be the guardian angel for my brother. and (gasps) I. I don't think that guardian is who my attachment is. That was, however, my first exposure to ghosts. Whenever I think of my attachment, the name Johnny pops into my head, not my cousin's name. So we'll go with that for the sake of giving it a name. The earliest I can remember of Johnny making himself known was when I was in elementary school. I was playing with like a ball or something in my living room and all of a sudden it disappeared. I searched all over where it landed and never found it. Days later, it appeared in a completely different room. A couple years later, I was making a beaded necklace in my basement when a metal charm literally fell out of nowhere into my bead box. I put it into the necklace I was making and showed it to my mom who had never seen it before. After this, it was pretty quiet except for the occasional object that would disappear and then reappear randomly. I know that these objects weren't just misplaced, which I do a lot, because sometimes I would tear apart wherever I saw it last only to find it sitting somewhere out in the open that I had definitely checked later. When I was in college, it came back. I don't know if this was connected to the stress or just like that I was living in a new place, but this is where the stories that Gina told come in. I lived with a couple people other than her in my sophomore year. We lived in an apartment on the end of the building, and the wall that my bed was against was the outside wall on the second floor. One night, I heard a very distinct, very loud knock three times over my head. Let me reiterate that there was nothing on the other side of that wall, so it couldn't have been a neighbor. My cat would also do the just staring at nothing in the corner of the room thing, but I'm not sure if that was Johnny or just her being a cat. We also felt like there was a presence in that apartment. When I moved in with Gina and some super crazy shit happened, her drawer opened while we were gone. Our freezer would open in the middle of the night to the point where we had to tape it shut. And one day we came home and all of my jewelry was knocked off my dresser, which was too tall for either of our cats to jump into. The most recent one was another object disappearing and reappearing month later that happened this summer. My boyfriend gave me a bunch of stickers for my birthday and they disappeared. 
It was a sizable stack of stickers, so it would be hard for it to miss unless I had left them somewhere out in the public, which I wouldn't do. Stickers are too important. <laughs> I found them two weeks ago in a hoodie that I haven't worn, apparently, since then. I basically forgot about it and went to put it on, and there they were. I think that Johnny influenced me into wanting to wear it so I wouldn't find them. That might be a stretch, though. But I hung the hoodie back up in my closet without finding them, which I find weird. Other things that I would blame on the attachment is the fact that technology doesn't last long with me. I always take good care of my electronics, but they somehow always die early or get a fatal error that's super rare. I went through four of one type of phone because they kept getting fatal errors. And it's been shown that spirits use technology to get energy. Anyway, that's my story, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. I would say that Johnny isn't good or bad. He just reminds me that he's still here every once in a while by hiding my stuff. I love listening to your podcast. Keep it up. Thanks, Lainey. Thank you for sending that in because I remember reading Gina's email. I think it was listener stories number two. And I just remember you and I saying, what the fuck? We want to know, like, why is this thing attached to your roommate? Like, what's going on? Like, give us the update. Sounds like it's just an asshole, though. It just like hides her stuff and brings it back. But she says it's not good or bad. Yeah, I guess that's good because you don't feel like it's bringing you any pain, right? Okay, this is okay. This is a really cool one, Natalia. So, do you remember um, the episode where uh, the Black Forest episode, right? And then at the beginning of the Black Forest episode, um, I told you about like this guy that had been like stabbed to death in his cabin. Remember that grandma came by and like saw his ghost, and she was like, "Get out of here" or whatever. Okay, this listener went to the Black Forest and found this guy's tombstone. What? And she took pictures of it. What? So this is from Patricia S. She said, I did it, moms. It's a little hard to find off of N115. I plugged these coordinates into Google Maps. North 38 degrees, 40.272 west, 104 degrees, 51.504. Okay, also, we don't advocate you guys going and oh, hunting I told, this Oh, I told stuff. her to do it. She tweeted at me. <laughs> She tweeted at me and said she was going to Black Forest and said, do you want me to try to find the tombstone? I said, fuck yeah. Oh, God. Um, There's a shoulder you could pull off on and then a small path to walk up where the grave is. I wouldn't have found it if I didn't spot the picket fence. I'll see if I can pass by Black Forest later this week. Love you guys. Okay, let me show you pictures. Yes, because I was reading online that it's really hard to find this guy's gravestone because he basically lived in the middle of buttfuck nowhere. And that's why it took so long for people to find his body. But he like this is he's like a real person. I'm just so satisfied because sometimes these stories seem so outlandish that I'm like, no one fucking believes me. And so thank Whoa. you so much, Patricia, for taking the time. To Whoa, l- his grave sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's just old. Wild West graves are like decrepit. Thank you, Patricia. That's so sick. And wow. she went in August. So she, the first picture, I'm excited to post these to the Instagram. The first picture is her holding up a notepad that says, let's get haunted August 26, 2019. Thank you guys for sending in your listener stories. I thoroughly enjoyed them. I don't believe them. You guys are sitting in class, not paying attention, being like, I'm going to make up something to send to those two fools who run that account. Let's get haunted. (laughs) Natalia has a demon on her shoulder right now that's whispering in her ear because we've been in this room for like five hours. (laughs) There gets to be a point in the day where like I just start saying nonsensical things, 
but somehow i think that's when like my biggest Ideas. like aha moments come ah, forth. Ah, big brain energy right exactly yeah. big mm-hmm. haunted vibes yeah hell yeah yeah well thanks guys we really appreciate all your stories keep sending them in you can send them to let's get haunted pod at gmail.com mm-hmm. You can also donate to us. Natalia, do you want to tell them where they can donate? You can donate Venmo at Nat Strawn or at Dog Mom USA or paypal.me slash Nat Strawn. Or you can donate to my coffee at ko-fi.com forward slash Dog Mom USA. And if you want to send us um, stuff in the mail... You can send it to P.O. Box 1658, Camarillo, California. And hopefully by now we have some merch or something so you guys can support us. There's some things I've been looking into, like an enamel pen. Cute. Perhaps. Cute as fuck. Uh, also have some ideas for uh, some other things, like shirt. Maybe a poster. A I don't po- know. A poster. The holidays are coming up, you guys. Yay. Yay. We love you guys. BRB, you got to go start a podcast so that people can write me things and I can annoy Alyssa <laughs> with my commentary. BRB, you got to lock myself in a room with Natalia for six <laughs> hours until she wants to fucking murder me. Bye. Bye. Bye.